So, this is Vibe Drive episode 110. I know they're starting to pile up real quick, but hey, availability is easy. I'm getting it done. And with episode 110 brings a dude whose production levels are off the charts, man. So crispy, so smooth in that delivery. Oh, man. There is a reason why I call him the CEO of Tech YouTube. He's here. He's coming up next on Vibe Drive, which starts now. What's up, people? This your boy, Viper, the man about tech. And welcome back to another episode of Bike Drive. This is the podcast about tech, hosted by the man about tech. And tonight, I have a very special guest on the docket. We got a Canadian treasure in the building, live from Toronto, with whole deal in Crimpy AF. So creepy, I call him the CEO of Tech YouTube. Let's bring in my man, Kanuti. What's up, bro? How you doing? What an incredible intro. I mean, that's a lot to live up to. I just, I love the intro. First of all, I want to say congratulations on all the major success you've had in the last couple months. Huge guests, way bigger than me, way more excited than me. And the production quality has been upgraded every single stream. So I just want to say congratulations. Keep up the incredible work. And it is an absolute honor to be on this evening with you. Hey, man, thank you for the, for the congrats and the compliments. I appreciate you. I appreciate My your time pleasure. being here tonight, man. All right, so before I go into the usual with you, I got to ask you a simple question. I'm curious, Kanufni, how, how did you come up with that? Um, it, it's, kind of, it's kind of a long story. Uh, at this point, to be honest, I don't exactly remember. <laughs> Because uh, my channel was started in 2007, which is like, which is like, how many years now? Many, many years. Right. <laughs> so I, I don't really remember exactly. I believe it was a childhood nickname. I can't remember the exact origins, to be honest. But honestly, I just like to say it's because I'm Canadian. I make lots of mistakes, lots of oopsies. So I don't know. I'm <laughs> can oopsie. That's not the original origin, I promise. It's okay. something better. I, I mean, that, that's one way to describe it. So we'll go with that. We will go with that. Perfect. So. Kanuki, Kanuki, why why can I not pronounce it? Kanuki, all right. <laughs> what brought you to YouTube? YouTube brought me to YouTube. I mean, the thing with YouTube is I've always enjoyed making things. I've always enjoyed video production, making videos, making content. And YouTube is the place where I can put that content for people to actually see it. Because if I just make videos on my own, make stuff I want to make, and nobody sees the thing, I mean, it's kind of sad, right? So YouTube has been the biggest platform. It's consistent. There's an incredible community of tech lovers and just great people who watch my stuff and other YouTubers as well. So that's kind of the place to be. I mean, it's been a, it's been a journey. Yeah, you say you've been on the platform since 2007, huh? So that's about 13 years you've been making content. Wow. No yeah, problem. that sounds about right. I mean, the early days, it was like just just garbage, like little, little skits I do. I was like, what, seven, eight? I was very young, so I was making like really terrible pieces of, te uh, of, of videos that were not tech related at all. Then I did like reviews of toys as I was growing up, and then I did like some gaming stuff. And then finally, I'm like, tech, this is something I'm really interested in. I like sharing my thoughts, how I use tech. And that's kind of where I settled in. It's been a very long time. I've seen YouTube evolve, and sorry about that notification. <laughs> um, but it's been, a, it's been a journey. It's been very interesting. And like I tell people all the time, man, it is such a blessing being a creator. I mean, it's not always the best of times, but for the most part, being a creator on YouTube is a gift, man. It's just amazing the experiences that we are 
uh, gifted to have being created on this platform, no doubt. Yeah, it's an absolute honor just to be able to make pieces of content I enjoy and sharing it and people actually appreciate it. I mean, what's better than that? Right, exactly, exactly. So as I look down your catalog of videos, uh, you cover a wide range of tech, but it does seem that you kind of lean towards the Apple side of the coin there. Is that accurate to say? Is that fair to say, I should say? Yeah, I would, I would say it's pretty accurate. Uh, I, I use a lot of Apple products in my daily life, so that's kind of the stuff I'm usually exposed to. But, you know, I use other brands here and there. Uh, the, the other thing is, is right now, not much has really come out in terms of other brands. Like Apple's just been pumping stuff out over the whole quarantine. And, you know, they got the new iOS 14. I use an iPad pretty frequently. There's always things to share with people who are interested. So, I mean, yeah, there is kind of a lean on the Apple side of things, but that's something that is, you know, seasonal depending on what's dropping. Like if OnePlus has a phone, Samsung has some phones, I'm going to cover that. Uh, but yeah, to be fair, yeah, a lot of Apple stuff. Got you. Now we're going to get into that later on, but we have some breaking news on the podcast. Breaking news. We have just been informed by Samsung. It is official. The Galaxy Note 20 oh, Unpacked damn. event is on August 5th. So that is a, that's an official date. It's coming up very quickly. So, Kanuthi, are you looking forward to anything happening at this Samsung Unpacked event in a few weeks? Oh, damn. I'm just reading the invite right now. Okay, that's pretty <laughs> sick. Yeah, no, I, I've, uh, there's some really exciting things. For the Note, the Note 20, you know, it's going to be good. We all know the Note 20 is going to be pretty amazing. It, every year, the, the Note series is just top-notch. Everything we want in the Samsung phone, it's there. Uh, what I'm really looking forward to is um, the new Fold 2. Because I really enjoyed the Fold 1, but the one issue with that was, like, it was a really good tablet, but it was never a really good phone. And that's the issue there. Like, it was a good little tablet computer you could stick in your pocket, it would fit, which is great. But it never was really, for me, seen as a phone. But now, with the front display, uh, the full kind of no-notch experience, no cutout, it's going to be an incredible device. Just as long as the price is kind of, you know, a bit right. fair. Right. I, I am just like you, man. I am definitely excited to see what they bring with the Fold 2. I never had a chance to own a Fold 1, never really played with it too much, so I don't I don't have any experience with it. But I'm definitely looking forward to the Fold 2, especially given the uh, all the craziness that happened with the Fold 1 with the durability and it breaking yep. in reviewers' hands and things like that. I'm interested to see what Samsung has learned going from the Fold 1 to the Fold 2. And then, obviously, in between, there was the Galaxy Z Flip. So... The Galaxy Z Flip was a definite improvement from the original Fold as far oh, as yeah. durability and things like that. So, again, I'm definitely curious to see what they do with the Fold 2. Like you said, the Note is going to be with the Note. It's always been. It's going to be a minor upgrade from the S line. I mean, it'll have the S pen and things like that, but not affected too much with the Note 20. But that Fold 2, oh, yes. I am, oh, it's going to be, it's oh, be yes. so sick. And I think mm. it's going to have a glass display kind of similar to the, the Z Flip. So that durability point you mentioned, it'll definitely be a lot more resistant to damage. Even though the current one... Is, is quite durable, honestly. Like, I've seen people use it for the whole time since it's been out and have no complaints about scratches or damage. So it's only going to get better, and that's the future. I love it. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I kind of hesitate to say that's the future, but that, that it, it basically it's where we're going future. right now. It, it's a future. It's definitely where yeah. we're going. It seems, to be, it seems to be becoming more and more the norm. I mean, we know Huawei has their fold wounds out there. Uh, Samsung obviously has the fold out there. Uh, I think LG has... They're a variant of the folding device with the velvet and the yeah. D60 and all that stuff. Uh, Apple has been seen to have patents out there for foldable devices. Microsoft is supposed to be coming out with the uh, Duo or something maybe yeah. next year. Actually, I actually know it was supposed to come out this year, but actually it got delayed till next year. So 
Microsoft is bringing their photo booth next year. So, yeah, there's a lot of photo booths coming out. So, uh, what do you think about photo booths as a whole, though? And you just said there, you feel like they're like the future. Yeah. So, I mean, the idea of, of a foldable phone, I, I don't really see the point too much in the foldable phone side of things because, I mean, phones are pretty compact as it is, and they're only going to get with Apple making that small iPhone this year. You know, people are going to follow that trend. Brands are going to hop on the small phone train. We're going to see some small phones, which is great. So that kind of phone pocketability thing is fading a little bit with the, the foldable side of things. But with tablets, I'm so down with foldable tablets. Like imagine you have an iPad Pro, right? I do. Imagine taking that iPad Pro and you're bringing it to like a coffee shop or to work or whatever. And instead of like having to put it in a bag, imagine taking that thing and just folding it in half and it fits right in your pocket or like a smaller bag. So it just condenses your overall daily carry. That's the dream for me is having like the full iPad, but just in a small form that folds out. You got the full power, full experience. That would be incredible. So for me, the idea of folding devices more so excites me with um, tablets and maybe the future of computers in some capacity more than phones. Now, speaking of iPads, I was watching, I was, uh, watching a couple of uh, videos on your channel earlier um, about some death setups. I think you, you, uh, there was a death setup that you have of your own, and then you did a death yeah. setup for your friend. But the, 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 the overlying congruent thing of both of those setups was an iPad Pro. Mm -hmm. So is the iPad Pro your main computing device right now? Um, I would say, like, okay, it gets interesting because <laughs> the, the only things I use my laptop for, besides, you know, this, this video chat, um, is basically just Final Cut and occasionally Photoshop. That is literally all I use this MacBook for, for just those basic, basic things. And I don't really, like if I think about it, there's really nothing else I use it for on a daily basis besides just if I have to edit a video or I have a huge, like massive Photoshop project that would just make no sense to do on the iPad. But everything else, like whether it's like emails or I'm watching videos or I'm playing games or like I'm working on like a smaller design project or basically anything else I can think of is done on the iPad. Just video editing is on my Mac. That's all it is. And I hope to be able to do everything on an iPad one day. It's just some things are a bit more efficient on the Mac currently, but yeah. I can see that changing just over time. Yes, you are absolutely right. I feel the same way that you do. Obviously, I have an iPad Pro. I have a 12.9 inch 2020 iPad Pro, but it doesn't have Final Cut Pro. And mm -hmm. even if it did have Final Cut Pro, I probably couldn't use all the plugins and extra bells and whistles that I can on my MacBook with Mac OS. So for me, I don't think I don't feel like an iPad can completely replace my MacBook, but it's pretty damn close. Like you said, for most everything else, you can use an iPad, but yeah, those pro level applications and those pro level features that you get on Final Cut Pro or Logic Pro, the iPad isn't ready yet. But that kind of segues into the next thing that we can talk about, uh, Kanuki, which is Apple's uh, upcoming transition over to their Apple Silicon chip. Mm -hmm. Now, we know that for the past three to four years, they have been working on Project Catalyst, which is they're trying to uh, get their uh, all their apps to work across all of their platforms. So they're basically trying to make their iPad OS and iOS apps work natively on Mac OS. So with that, considering that they're now transitioning over to using their own uh, CPU for their MacBooks and things like that, I think it's only a matter of time before we see Final Cut Pro on an iPad. Yeah, I mean, that would be the like, OK, so iOS apps are running on Mac. Why can't we do the opposite? Like there's really nothing holding it back except some of the developer things, like some of the apps. Like I know Final Cut 
is, uh, is pretty complex and there's just too much happening for it to be really touch optimized. But I think those kind of pro apps can easily transition over to the iOS side of things. It's just Apple's willingness to make it happen. Uh, another interesting thing I saw recently is Apple's working on some sort of DeX kind of competing, competing thing. So you plug your iPad or you plug your iPhone into a computer and like a desktop user interface shows up on your monitor, like a Mac OS thing. And it's kind of right. been a dream for a while. Mm -hmm. But I've seen like some people talk about like internal things happening. Like, uh, Apple's actually trying to develop something like this, probably mm -hmm. for iOS, what, 15? Or maybe like a, a software update, like a 0.1 or 0.2 for iOS 14 later on. That would be ideal. And it kind of eliminates, you know, sort of the, the stress of using an iPad as a mobile computer. So could be could be cool. Yeah, uh, I, I did see that uh, patent out there for Apple. It does seem like they are developing their own like deck competitor. And that would be cool. I think a lot of people have been asking for something like that for years, you know, kind of like an iPad MacBook kind of hybrid device that will allow you to do like more Mac OS things like more portably. I mean, because MacBooks are already portable, yeah. but obviously they're not as portable as iPads. So yeah, definitely. To have that same level of, of productivity that you have on a MacBook on an iPad or a device similar to an iPad on the go, I think it's the dream. And with Catalyst and uh, Apple switching over to uh, their own silicon, it seems like that's more of re reality now when that will become an, an absolute reality. We don't know, but it does seem like with the transition coming up, that is, a, that is more of a reality in the future. So I don't know. Could be, could be interesting. Like, who knows? I mean, I would love to be able to just use the iPad and that's it. But uh, it's just up to Apple. See how much they want to fragment uh, or kill off parts of their, their line of computers. Because, like, that's something Apple has always done is with the iPod and the iPhone came out. It's like they cannibalized their own product line. Right. Now, with the iPad and the Mac being so close, they might cannibalize one or the other. Who knows? We'll have to just kind of wait and see and see what Apple wants to, wants to do. Yeah, I think Steve Jobs had a quote back in the day that um, went something to the effect of uh, if somebody's going to uh, pick up on sales and things like that, he doesn't mind if it's Apple. If it happens to be Apple yeah. cannibalizing their own sales, then that's, he, that's fine with him. So, And we know even though Steve Jobs is gone, Apple still has a lot of his DNA in the fabric of what they do and how they do things. So I, I, I'm with you. I don't think they will have an issue cannibalizing their own sales if it means they're still making the money. Oh, yeah. Apple, Apple would definitely not be opposed to that. <laughs> Not at all. Shout out to those of y'all that, that are listening on audio only this week. Thank you for listening to another episode of Vibe Travel with my man, Kanufi. appreciate you guys rocking out each and every week on the audio podcast. If you want to follow my man, Kanufi, his information will be in the show notes. So definitely go check him out. He is legit. Thank you, also, sir. No problem. No problem. Also, if you want to support the podcast or donate, there will be links in the show notes to do that. Not required, but anything that you're willing to do is greatly, greatly appreciated. But also, if you happen to be listening on Apple Podcasts, please consider leaving a rating or review as it helps more people discover the podcast, kind of helps us get back to that top 200 of tech podcasts over on Apple Podcasts. So if you do happen to be listening on Apple Podcasts, please consider leaving that rating or review so we can get this bad boy back into the top 200, baby, because that's where we belong. <laughs> all right. Now, I do watch your content, but I'm not too familiar with all the inside jokes on your channel and things like that. So what is this stuff about the avocado, man? I, I'm what, what is this? I mean, it, I'm just a fan of avocado. Like it's a great. Oh! It is a fruit. It is a fruit, not a vegetable. I am a big fan of uh, of avocado. Like I mean, it's good for you. 
and oh, it tastes pretty good. Okay. So, that, nice. so basically what I'm getting, the vibe that I'm picking up is that avocado is your bae. Is that, is that fair? Mm-hmm. It depends. It, de- it depends. It depends. <laughs> now, I got to ask you a question. What's We're going to talk about these sunglasses for a second. I mean, okay. you may have mentioned it at some point, but I'd love to know what's behind the sunglasses here on your end. Okay. I'm sharing secrets. You got to share some secrets too. I have no problem. I've told this story before, but I'll tell it again. No doubt about it. So when I first started out like um, over two years ago, I noticed that I could not like keep focused looking at the camera lens when I was doing videos. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you if you're looking away when you're doing a video, kind of like off putting to the viewer, because when you want to when you're doing a video, as you know, you want to be able to make that direct connection with the viewer. Yeah. So I remember way back in the day watching the Casey Neistat video about why he wore sunglasses. And he basically I think he said something he said something to the same effect of uh, he didn't want to know where he didn't want people to know where he was looking and something like that. So I figured, OK, let me try that, because if I can't focus on the lens straight ahead, if I put on sunglasses, then you don't know where I'm looking at. I could be looking at the lens. I could be looking at something else, but it will look more natural if I wear sunglasses because you guys, it wouldn't feel like I'm not looking at you. Even if I'm not looking at you, you won't, you don't know it. So that is why I wear sunglasses because it just, I don't have to worry about where I'm looking at. You just, you don't know where I'm looking. So damn, that's smart. I mean, give me a second. Give me a second here. <laughs> hey, Kanoop to the push to the shade. <laughs> I, I just, I, I'm looking at the screen here, the exact thing you just said. I mean, I'm looking at the YouTube chat, I'm looking at yep. the StreamYard, and looking at the webcam. This just solves everything. Right. You know like, what I'm looking at right and now. Nobody, right. Nobody knows what you're looking at. Right. Right. Yep. It is a beautiful thing. But the funny thing is, I don't know if I thought, I don't know, like, it's, it's kind of become a part of my brand now. Like, people, like, if I don't wear sunglasses, people are like, dude, what are you doing? Like, what am going yeah, that's on? That's you. That's you. Those are from uh, Warby Parker, right? Or those Ray-Ban? Actually, these are uh, Maui Jim, but never heard of it. <laughs> yeah, apparently, I think they're like one of the top designer sunglasses out there, or whatever. But because of you, I do own a pair of Warby Parkers, and they are legit. I like See, them. Warby Parker, I am able to influence. <laughs> yes, I remember watching your ass pop in, and I uh, I happened to be out about in the mall one day, and I saw a Warby Parker. I'm like, oh, that's that, that's that, that's that uh, that a company I Canoopy was uh, advertising. Let me go check them out. And they're they're legit. They're <laughs> they're definitely you. legit, man. No doubt. See, that is why companies and brands should not be or should be more willing to work with influencers, creators. You heard it. Here. You heard it because here. we trust each other. So we know if we sponsor something or we put our name behind something, it must be legit. So I knew when I saw that ad fighting your video, I'm like, oh, they must be legit. That's Kanuki, man. That's the CEO of Tech YouTube. He's not putting no crap on the channel, right? So I had to walk up in there. I'm like, damn. I'm like, okay, okay, I did it. So yeah, man. <laughs> I love it. Thanks for sharing that uh, bit of history there. I, I appreciate it. No, hey, thanks for acting, man. No doubt. Like, I mean, it's, it's just so fun because, you know, you got the idiot that the idiot that coming there. Why are you wearing sunglasses inside? Blah, blah, blah. We can't see your eyes. Blah, blah, blah. Listen, dude, don't worry about what I'm doing. <laughs> no, it's all good. You, Casey, El Jefe, the sunglasses thing. That's your brand. Like, that's you. It, without it, just wouldn't be right. So, I mean, no. don't listen to any of the haters. Never oh, no. listen to the haters. Never. Uh, dude. Keep doing your thing, obviously. You know, never, ever, ever. No, no, man. No doubt. No, no doubt, man. We the hate the haters have no, no, no head face in my no rent in my head face order or however you say it. I love it. I love <laughs> it. And you already know it. You, I mean, being being as large as you are, I'm pretty sure you have your fair share of detractors and naysayers and haters. Oh, I do. I definitely do. <laughs> Don't tell them to suck on an avocado. <laughs> we'll keep it PG. <laughs> so. We just had WWDC 2020 not too long ago, 
what did you think of the keynote? Honestly, like I didn't have high hopes, but that was an incredible presentation. Like I've seen, I've seen other brands do it. Like I think OnePlus did it a few times and the other brand, I think HTC did it before they fell off. Um, and it was like, those things were terrible. And those are to reveal like actual phones, but then Apple is just revealing software. And this was like an incredible, like just so well-produced presentation, the different rooms, different people, so much diversity in that presentation. It was incredible. Um, that was, that was excellent. And I think Apple should really consider doing that more often into the future. As much as I'd love to go to an Apple event, I mean, that was an excellent presentation. The only issue though is like with hardware, right? You can't have press people taking pictures or videos if it's all done online. Right. Um, but yeah, I got no complaints. That was incredible. It was so well produced, so well shot. And it was just, it was excellent. What did you think about it? I thought it was well done. Um, I love how they minimize the fluff. Like normally when these things are in person, you get app store numbers and all this other fluff that we just don't care about. Just get, just get to the software. I love how they paste it out. I love how they transition from one segment to the next. It was beautifully done. Like you said, I completely uh, agree with you. It was a well-done presentation. Although I would say that I don't want to get rid of in-person events because yeah. I've never been to one and I kind of want to go to one and be invited to oh, one. You're going to so, go to one one day. One day, I'm going to see you there. It's going to be amazing. I, <laughs> I want to be invited to an in-person event so we cannot get rid of in-person events. So I want to see those live on, but I can't argue with what the way they handled w, uh, WWDC. They handled it pretty well. Facts. Yeah, it was great. Very well done, Apple. Absolutely. Now, have you had a chance to uh, play with iOS 14 beta yet? Yep. So I have it on uh, a spare iPhone and I have it on my main iPad Pro. Um, and it's been it's been very nice. I, I really have enjoyed the uh, I've really enjoyed the experience so far. Like it's not that big of an update to be real at this point. Mm -hmm. Like the main thing is the widgets. That's kind of amazing. I like that. Yep. Um, but uh, it, it's, it's not that huge of an update, so there's really too much to talk about. It's a lot of like little things on the side that are just kind of build up into being a better overall experience. Um, but yeah, so far it's been pretty stable. It's been, it's been decent. Like I've used it daily and I've had no problems really. You um, put that on your main iPad? You are yeah. a brave man. Yeah, no, it's, I've had no issues really at all. Just with the widgets, like they've come and like they've, they show up and they disappear sometimes. But um, <laughs> this new, the new beta that just came out today has been all right. Like it hasn't been so bad. So, I mean, uh, th this is surprising. Like it's actually pretty smooth. Uh, it's pretty usable. So yeah, I like it. It's good. It just, I hope, uh, I hope it stays this smooth and yeah. I look forward to actually having it on my main phone in the fall because that is going to be exciting. Yes, I I am like you. I put it on my iPhone SE 2020, which is not my main phone, but obviously this is the newest iPhone SE that we got earlier this year. True, and it's running it's running pretty damn smooth on its iOS uh, iPhone SE 2020. Um, you know me, I love the picture in picture. Oh my god, I am still jumping with joy inside that we finally got picture in picture on iOS. I mean, yep. it's been so long overdue, and it worked perfectly. Although obviously, like most people have noticed, it doesn't work for the native YouTube app. But that's okay because as long as you go to youtube.com and safari that solved that problem um will it work for the youtube app natively i don't know i mean that's up to youtube i mean that's that's yeah their decision i mean it would it would definitely be nice of them but they also of course want to have their uh, their youtube premium subscription right they want to have right. like the you know the being able to close the app and still hear it like still hear uh you know still hear music or that kind of stuff so it kind of conflicts with their own subscription thing so who knows they may. It could happen. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I don't so. know. 
I hope not too. I mean, I don't have high hope though because I mean, picture and picture have been available on uh available on iPad for a while now, and the YouTube app on iPad still doesn't support it. So I don't have high hope for the iPhone. But hey, I mean, thing, crazy things have happened in 2020. So I don't know. It's true. Yeah, the, like I said, the WWDC is fine. Picture and picture is awesome. The widgets are pretty cool. I'm glad that on, at least on iPhone anyway, we can move them around to any home screen. Yep. I'm not sure why we can't do that on iPad. Having them in that same spot and not allowing them to put them on any uh, home screen page on the iPad is kind of perplexing, given that the iPad has yep. more real estate. I don't understand that. Maybe they'll change by the time the the, uh, the iOS 14 go public. But Yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately, it will not be able to be used on the home screen from what, I, what I've been told. Um, it's only going to be on that sidebar at this time. So maybe we, next year. Do we know why, though? There's literally no reason why. It's just been said that that's where that's where they put it. There's literally no explanation why. <laughs> that's just it. That's what I've been told. That's uh, that's how it be sometimes. <laughs> so so let me get this straight, you all. My iPhone 11 Pro Max, which is 6.5 inches, I can put which is anywhere on this screen. But my 12.9 inch iPad Pro is limited to a certain area of the iPad. That's it. That's all I get. What sense does that make? What? I mean, only in 2020. Only in 2020 do stuff like this happen. I don't understand it, man. I don't understand it. <laughs> I was 15. You got to wait for that one. Ah, uh, wow. Wow. I mean, I, I guess, man. I guess. I guess. <laughs> I find that kind of hilarious, but I guess. I guess we got to take the small wins that we, when we can get them. We got to take the small wins when we yeah, can get them. We got to take what we can get when it comes to Apple, right? <laughs> you know, I'll take what I can get. I'll take what I can get, man. So we recently been inundated with this rumor, Knufni, that there's a chance that the iPhone 12 will come without a charger in the box. <laughs> huh? What? What is this? Yeah, I, I don't. I mean, okay, so there's really, I talked about this in a podcast last week. Um, there's really two sides to this, this whole kind of, this whole situation, right? There's one side that I understand, you know, you're paying that much for a phone, you expect to have a charger. It's going to be a fast charger, most likely. So you expect to really get that experience in the box. It's just how it should be. But then on the other side of the coin, you know, we got to think about this. I mean, Apple has a lot of money, but they're also trying to save costs as well. By reducing the box size, by not including earbuds, by not including a charger, Apple is going to be able to slightly offset those costs of the additional 5G they're adding into the phone. That's the way I understand it. Um, Apple's going to be able to spin it by like saying, you know, we made the box smaller and removed the charger and earbuds to reduce environmental waste. But we all kind of know in the end, it's a reduction of costs to make, you know, the overall iPhone not be any more expensive for the consumer because of the removal of those accessories, which do, you know, they are pretty cheap for Apple to make, but they do kind of cost a little bit. And I mean, the modem isn't that much either, I don't think, but I mean, kind of that offset, it was able to reduce some costs from what I understand. Personally, personally, I don't really care. Um, I have never used the wired earbuds since, I mean, AirPods came out. And also like the charger, I just charge wirelessly whenever I can. And I pretty much have a, a bunch of chargers as it is. And the thing is, if you are buying that big of a, uh, that expensive of a phone, chances are you probably have a charger at home. I mean, it's like a thousand dollars. So okay, let me stop you right there. Let me stop you right there. <laughs> now you are a tech YouTuber. You are not the norm. You are That's like true. the exception to the rule. And I understand that. That's something I've, I understand. I've accepted. 
And I totally see that side of the perspective. It's just personally, I don't, I don't know. I don't really see the need, but I understand like most people, it kind of sucks not getting that kind of value in the box. I get it. What about a person who buying a smartphone for the first time? They buy an iPhone and it comes without a charger. And we, and we know Kanuki, a lot of times these phones don't even come with a full charge anyway. They might come with like 50% or 70% fully charged. So now you're buying a brand new device with 70% uh, of it full charge without a charger. So unless you go buy a charger, like as an additional accessory, you are SOL. You can't even charge your phone right off the spot, which is, I, I don't know. I just find that asinine. For that's, that's a very good point. I mean, that is a really, really good point. I never even thought of like, if you buy the phone, you're very excited. You take it out of the box, like after getting at the store and it's like completely dead. You want to, you want to just try it out. That would kind of suck. Right. Yeah. Uh, not having a charger. So I, I get that perspective. I, I really, I understand. And, you know, we always want to get the most with our phones. Obviously we always want to get the most amount of accessories, the most amount of power. That's just a basic thing. Um, but I don't know. It's it's Apple's world. They do what they want. And the thing is, it's kind of sad that other companies are going to sort of follow suit. I mean, the one company that's going to really hurt, it's going to really hurt if this company gets rid of it. Uh, OnePlus, like their charger is incredible. Like their warp charger thing is ridiculous. And if they got rid of that, that would really suck. But I mean, Apple's never been big on giving good chargers in the box anyway. So it's just like... Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't see OnePlus doing something like that because they have a proprietary charger. So it, I don't know if they would want to do that anyway. But I mean, I know a lot of people are saying like, "Well, you probably have a brick some, somewhere laying around the house." I mean, maybe, but yeah. then like, there's a chance of you having to charge that iPhone with a third-party aftermarket brick too, which is always a no-no with Apple products. So I mean, I don't know if Apple wants to really like advocate for that. But I mean, I don't know. I I, I don't get it. I mean, I understand that they want to cut costs, but at the same time, like. Do you really want to kind of lessen the, the user experience by not giving them everything that they need right out of the box? I mean, I can understand not including the AirPods. Like, who uses the AirPods anyway? Yeah. Plus, the phone has a, the phone has speakers. I mean, if you want to listen to music or do a, listen to sound, listen, you can listen to the phone speakers or find a set of light or headphones. I, I don't care about that. I mean, that I understand. But without a brick, an actual brick, come on, dude. Not, not for a smartphone. Yeah. That's craziness. Now, in my opinion, I think what would be best what, for Apple to do is if they don't want to include it in the box, Fine, that's their problem. Um, what they could do is have like an optional checkbox online or something. That's like when you're ordering the iPhone, you're choosing your carrier, you're choosing your model, you're choosing your size and everything, storage capacity. There should be like a checkbox that says, "Do you want a charger?" Right. Just it comes in the box. It comes with it if you want it in like a little separate box. And if you don't want it, you don't get it. It costs no additional, no additional fee. It's just kind of like a an optional thing. If you need it, we'll send it. If you don't need it. You have plenty at home. We won't send it. And I think that would be a completely fair thing. And it's something that Samsung has done, too, with the uh, the USB-C adapter for USB-C to USB-A. Um, there's a little checkbox on the website that says, do you want it? We'll include it. If you don't want it, no waste. So, I mean, if they don't want to include it in the box, at least give customers the option to redeem it for free or get it shipped to them as well. Because, yeah, the points you mentioned, definitely valid and strong points for sure. Yeah, I, I, I mean, if they did it that way, if they included it as like an optional thing on the website, then I, that okay, that's fine. We could do that. But just to completely omit the, the brick from the box and just be like, hey, you got to look, deal with it. That's, just, that's not cool, Apple. That's not yeah, cool. But obviously, this is all rumor. We don't know anything until the phones actually come out in September, October. But I mean, just even them considering it's kind of wild to me. But I mean, it's Apple and 
we know they're all about courage, so nothing surprised me anymore. <laughs> nothing. Yeah, that's true. Nothing. So, with that, with the uh, with the imminent arrival of the iPhone 12 coming in a few months here, what would you like to see on iPhone 12 that we haven't yet had on an iPhone? Really, like. I don't really have many complaints about the current iPhone. Maybe the new design, like I'd love to see that iPad design form factor. I think it looks great from the like the leaked renders and stuff. I'd also like to really see the 120 hertz display because other manufacturers have done it. But when Apple does the 120 hertz on the iPad, it just feels so smooth. And already on the iPhone, with like at 60 hertz, it feels crazy smooth. Like switching from the, the 11 Pro to uh, the OnePlus 8 Pro or the Galaxy S20, like it's not that big of a difference from like my from my own viewership. I'm sure that people can see a lot more of a difference between the refresh rate, but for me, I'm like, this isn't such a huge difference. But imagine like Apple 120 hertz with the iPhone gestures, with Apple's magic they use with the displays, that'd be crazy good. So definitely the 120 hertz refresh rate would be amazing. Um, I mean, some camera upgrades would be nice. The cameras are already pretty amazing on the iPhones, but I guess a better wide angle camera could be good. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I hope they, uh, the design is a big thing for me. I really like the the squared off design. Everything else is kind of just a bonus at this point. <laughs> yeah, um, I definitely would like to see that design, like you said, especially if they harken back to the iPhone 5 design language. Mm -hmm. Oh, that was so sick. That phone is looking hot. Jeez, mm -hmm. <laughs> like seeing yeah. it today. <laughs> mm. Yeah, they do that. Yeah, I would love that. But uh, yeah, like you said, it's not. I mean, there's not too much more that they can add on there. But obviously, a new design would be cool. We know it's supposedly coming with 5G. Um, unfortunately, for those who are that big into 120 hertz, it seems like that's not going to make it this year. If you listen to leaks and rumors, but who knows? Other than that, I mean, I got my biggest wish, picture in picture. So I mean, I don't know. I don't know how much more they can do after that. But I'm sure Apple will figure it out. Like you said, we'll probably get upgraded cameras. So that's pretty cool. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, we'll have to wait and see. What's really exciting, though, is this this small, this tiny 5.4-inch iPhone. Yeah. Um, from uh, from Marquez's video, like, it's about the size of... It's in between the SE and the original SE. The new SE and the original SE. That's, like, that's impressive. They have a full-screen phone in that small of a form factor. And there's going to be some compromises, for sure. It's not going to be the Pro model. We know that. Right. But just having an iPhone... Like that's what people have wanted for years, and it's yep. going to be somewhat affordable too, from what I've heard. Like it's not going to be like a thousand dollars. It's going to be like what, like five forty nine? I saw at some point. It's going to be a cheap iPhone, and that is kind of what many people have wanted. So it could be interesting. You personally, do you use a big phone or a small phone? I'm a big phone person, definitely. Okay, so you're going to get the six point seven. Oh yeah. Okay. Easily. But yeah, like they're like you said, there's a lot of people that prefer that smaller form factor, so they are going to gravitate towards that 5.4 inch iPhone, especially like you said, because it's not going to be that expensive. I mean, we know that the Pro models will be a thousand dollars or more, but the uh, the regular iPhone models, the regular iPhone 12, they're going to be around five, six, seven hundred dollars. So yeah, they're going to be uh, and, and for the last two years, those have been the top selling smartphones, not iPhone smartphones. Yep. Period. So. We know if Apple does come out with that iPhone 12 at that price point, it's going to sell like hotcakes almost immediately. Oh, you know, that thing is going to be crazy. <laughs> Definitely. All right. So I want to talk about your death setup videos. Now, I watched the one you did today for your friend where you got hung up the Nike sign. And that's something that you actually did in your school. You said you created that in your school. But I'm curious, 
How long did that take you to do that whole setup? Because I mean, that had to take some time. Yeah, like I'll, I'll give you the full story here. So basically, this was our our second semester of year three. Uh, I have like one more year to do. Just like a sorry, second semester of year four. I have a few courses left. I'm on the side. I still have to finish, but. Basically, it was thesis. It was our biggest final project for the semester and it had nothing to do with the iPad setup at all. Like just <laughs> to make that clear. Um, so like we were, we were working on our, our school project, you know, on and off throughout the, throughout the weeks. And then we had this idea. It's like, why don't we make a really sick Nike themed desk setup with, uh, with the iPad Pro? And during our kind of thesis brainstorm, during our thesis, uh, you know, work sessions, we'd always, we'd always try to figure this out as well on the side. We always figure out, okay, what kind of keyboard should we get? What kind of desk should we get? How are we going to make this work with the iPad? And it kind of became like a little side project during our main project of stress during the semester. And uh, it took a good three to four months actually to really, actually more than that, to really develop, you know, the idea, how to make it work, find the components. And, uh, just really make it into reality then eventually as soon as quarantine hit pretty much all of the the parts were in like we had everything ordered everything came in in time and then as soon as kind of things eased up a little bit we built it we shot the video you, what you saw um and uh i'm kind of happy with how it turned out i really enjoyed working uh with somebody else on their own setup like because i have my own opinions on how things should look how things should work but it was very cool to like to talk to somebody else about how they work and how to make their setup work more for them instead of just you know how i work so it was a good experience it took a ridiculously long time but i'm glad people enjoyed it and left some nice comments so yeah that nike sound over the death looks sick man <laughs> i mean that looked like it was an i like it actually came from nike that was it yeah was that, good, thing man. Is, that thing is crazy we basically modeled it after the ones that you see at the uh, the nike stores and the nike hq it's the exact orange paint um we had it's like that thing is huge like it is absolutely crazy how big that thing is and shout out to our school for letting us use the cnc machine um 30 a piece of wood and it was done it was it was incredible and uh it looks amazing in person. The video didn't even do it justice. It looks so good in person with the glowing light strip behind right. it. It's that like, was nice. It pulsates like it is crazy. Yeah, the, the, glowing, the glowing light was definitely a nice touch, man. I Y'all did the thing on that one. That was a good look. Thank you. No, no way. Thank you, man. Yeah, that was, that's your content. You, you, you got it done, man, as you usually do. That's why you're the tech CEO. You're the CEO of tech YouTube because you get it done, man. <laughs> so, um, Recently, you had a unique experience that I want to talk about. You made yourself available for the Saturday Night Tech Fight. Now, <laughs> I, I have explained this concept on the podcast before, but for those of y'all that are listening for the first time, let me go over how it go. So basically, the tech fights are live tech debates between usually two individuals. So basically, what happens is that the, uh, the moderator throws out an uh, uh, argument, and each person has to argue their own side of the argument. And whoever is more convincing, convincing to the judges is the one who wins the round for that particular argument. So our boy Kanuthi here, he came into a battle royale, which means he came in there like pretty much unannounced. And he would start, he started mowing people down. He started winning argument after argument against, I think he beat like four to five people in a row before he finally got taken out. And it, it, even when he got taken out, it was controversial. But talk to us about your tech fighting fear, man, because you came in there like a boss. Yeah, that was incredible. Like... I've never seen anything like that on YouTube and tech YouTube in general. And 
you know, it was just so well produced, so well hosted. It was a lot of fun. And uh, it was just such a good experience. And like, just talking about tech stuff, really thinking about the other side of perspectives. Like there's one side that you might, might agree with on a subject, maybe like including a charger in the box, for example, mm -hmm. like, like there's, there's really two sides to it. For those who have never seen before, uh, you know, these, these tech fights, there are two sides you have to take. One person takes the side that they're comfortable with and you're kind of left with the other side at times. Mm -hmm. So you got to really, really think, rack your brain, really think about how, you know, you can sell sort of, sell something to other people like i can sell your perspective so it's lots of fun if you've never seen it before definitely check it out and uh and in just you can even be on it too depending on the episode so it's, yep. it's a lot of fun it was a great experience i definitely i definitely plan to do it again i believe at the time of this recording it is this coming weekend from what i understand the new season so yep that's some hype right there. I can't wait. Yeah. Uh, season two of the Saturday Night Tech Fight does premiere on July 11th, which is this weekend. So uh, so judging by your tone and what you just said, at some point in season two, we could expect to see another appearance from Kanuti, huh? Yeah, it, it could happen. Stranger things have happened. So, I mean, it could, it could occur. Definitely. Watch out, y'all, because like I said, this man is danger, man. He came in there the first, the first time and just started mowing people down. It was scary out here. Yeah, just don't ask me about function keys or I'm going to be destroyed. Because, like, that was the <laughs> question that ruined me. It was about, should they, should we have function keys on the iPad Pro? And I am i don't think we should. But, like, that's, I don't even know what to say. It was it was a tough one. So there's 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 some questions that might get you. There's some questions that get you thinking. It's, it's a great show. Je definitely check it out. Definitely. No doubt, man. No doubt. So, like I said at the very beginning of the podcast, you do a lot of content on your channel and you cover a wide variety of tech. Um, you are kind of leaning towards the Apple side, but you have reviewed Android devices on your channel before. So I'm curious, at, at this point in time right now, uh, what today would you say is your favorite Android device? Oh, that's easy. It's the, uh, the OnePlus 8 Pro. It is mm. just such a good phone. Um, I've said, in the, I said in, the, in the review, basically, like, I'm an iPhone user mostly. Um, but when I use a OnePlus phone, it's the easiest switch for me. Like, I don't know what OnePlus does. Like there's some magic happening there, but it just, it's so smooth. The software is so beautiful right at the box. The hardware feels great. Like it's, it's always been OnePlus really for me, like that easy transition uh, into using Android. Uh, the Pixel, the Pixel 4 was a pretty good phone for me for a while too, but like, uh, I don't, I don't really know. The camera was amazing. Gotta <laughs> say that. Yep. But the rest of the phone was just kind of, it was all right. Like it was nothing too special. And then OnePlus came out with this 8 Pro and I'm like, geez, that thing is crazy. And then Samsung phones, like it's, it's they're they've gotten really, really good, but there's just something sometimes that I can't use them for a long period of time. I don't know if it's the software design. I don't know if it's just Samsung being Samsung. Like the whole thing about putting ads in the software, like straight up ads, like for, whatever right that's kind of whack if you ask me like i mean all the companies do it. like they put like like uh ads for their own services like apple does it all the time with apple tv or apple music but putting mm -hmm. ads for like food delivery services and like <laughs> random things like i paid a thousand dollars for a phone why am i seeing ads that have nothing to do with it like that is that is crazy to me that, that is something that is absurd um so I don't know. For me, it's it's OnePlus usually I like to switch to. Um, and this OnePlus Nord, I got some hype for that. That sounds very exciting. 
Okay. Now, I've tried to use OnePlus device. I actually do have a OnePlus 7 Pro laying around here somewhere, but I just got bored after like three weeks of using it. Like, I mean, the Oxygen OS is amazing. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it's so smooth and so fast and probably the fastest Android OS out there. But once you get past Oxygen OS and how fast it is, it doesn't do anything. It's like it's just boring to me. And I know I'm probably I'm probably in the minority with it, but I just got bored quickly with the OnePlus 7 Pro. Like, I'm not going to say it's a bad device, but it, it doesn't really have any extra features like the Samsung devices do. Like, I'm used to Samsung devices. Like, mm-hmm. I probably had almost all of the notes. I had most of the S devices. So I love how Samsung baits in so many features with their phones, and I'm used to that. So when I went to that OnePlus 7 Pro, I'm like, where's the rest of the features? Like, I That's mean, fair. Mm-hmm. What, what, what are we doing here? I just, I just got bored. <laughs> No, that makes total sense. Like, I mean, that's what, that's what Samsung does well is just putting everything into a phone. If you want a feature, it's probably there. Yep. Um, but for me personally, like I, I'm kind of happy with just basic, basic Android. Like, I mean, uh, like even stock Android on like the essential phone, for example, I was cool with that. I, I don't know. I just, I just kind of like Android in its, in its purest state. OnePlus does the best version of Android in my opinion better than Google, which is crazy. Yep. Yep. Um, but yeah, no, I get I get that though with Samsung phones, especially the Note lineup, like every feature ever. It's like, mm. you wanna do something? You can do it. That's that's, yep. what's, that's what's good about Samsung phones, but it just depends what you're into. Yeah, it, it kind of makes me sad when you say that because over the past few years, it's like Samsung kind of stripped down the Note year by year. Like five years ago, the Note used to be substantially different from the F phone, but not mm-hmm. anymore. Like. For whatever reason, Samsung decided to shrink that gap between the S phone and the Note phone. So now today, the Note phones are nothing more than like an F plus version of the S phone. And I'm just like, why did you do that? Like, they used to throw everything in the kitchen sink at the Note phone, but not anymore. Yeah, it's just a big version of the S series with a pen at this point. And I don't know. It's still a really good phone. It's still a really great device every single year, the Note lineup. But yeah, it would have been great to see some more, some more, I guess, interesting features. And I hope one day the whole uh, the whole Fold series becomes the Note series. Mm. But that might be a ways away. We'll have to wait and see. Now, there was a bunch of rumors earlier this year that the Fold 2 would have an F-Pin with it or F-Pin mm-hmm. support. But at last, it is not going to happen. Uh, the F-Pin will be limited to the Note series this year, which, I mean, it is what it is. But like I said, one day... If we get to a point where the fold display is good enough to support an F pin, then that's when things really get interesting. Yeah, I I can't wait for that day. It's gonna be incredible having like it's just gonna be like a mini iPad Pro, and that's what's gonna be so good about it. I guess I gotta take these glasses off. <laughs> I can't do it. I can't do it. <laughs> hey, you lasted a long time, man. Yep, Shout out I to tried. you, man. I tried. So, uh, Kanuthi, I'm curious to get your thoughts on something real quick here. Sure. I think we have pretty much reached the apex of what we can do with smartphones, especially hardware-wise. So I'm curious to get your thoughts on what do you see as the next big frontier for technology? Like, where are we going next? Um, I don't. I, the thing is, like, foldable phones are kind of a future futuristic thing we always see in movies or or TV shows where it takes place in the future, and we've gotten there. I think the next big thing, whether we like it or not, is going to be like smart glasses, like mm-hmm. having like displays in the front here, like having like you know, the information we see on our phones, but put into our, our frames. So it should be yep. really, really cool. Because um, I think a lot of people, 
we love technology. We use technology more than we really should. We use our phones more than we should. And I think it's becoming a, a movement where we're really seeing a lot of people use their devices less and less and less, even if they like, I know we rely on our phones for business pretty often, but like people really just want to escape from that, that stress of like, oh, I'm trying to check this and this and this and this and this and this. But then I think having all that stuff on our faces, we'll see less information. There'll be less just constant checking. And um, it could be cool to have more wearable based stuff rather than just having our regular standard phones. But that's kind of a ways out, I think, having um, you know smart glasses that are actually useful. So we'll have to wait and see. I mean, phones are going to get better and better. And but at a certain point, there's not too much more you can really do with them. They're going to have better cameras. They're going to have bigger batteries, more performance. But that's really it. I mean, I don't know. The, the phone, the smartphone as a concept, it's kind of hit its peak in my opinion. But we'll have to wait and see what the future holds, I guess. I tend to agree with you. I think definitely one of the next frontiers will be smart glasses and AR and what AR can do with that type of technology. Definitely. Uh, we know that there have been reports that Apple is indeed working on a pair of AR glasses for sometime next year or the year after. And that's why we have the LiDAR scanner on the iPad. It's expected that we might have a LiDAR scanner on the iPhone 12. It's, a, it's rumored that Apple is taking all that LiDAR data and giving it to their AR team so they can have like the best work possible on their upcoming AR glasses. And strangely enough, the another company that was kind of working on similar technology was focused by North. And they were just acquired by Google. So um, yep. apparently uh, Google is seeing the need to reevaluate their AR glasses uh, uh, ideology because we know they came out with Google Glass like some eight, nine years ago, but didn't really take off. But now they've acquired Focus by North. So uh, yeah, between Apple developing their AR glasses and Google acquiring Focus by North, it is getting very, very interesting in the glasses game as far as AR goes. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the next three to five years with AR glasses. Yeah, and shout out to Focals. They're a really good little Canadian company. And it's I had a chance to actually see the uh, their store concept for the Focals. And it was it was pretty advanced. Like I, it was almost what Apple would do if Apple did glasses. Mm. And that's quite a high compliment for them. Um, so they, they did a really good job, but there was a lot of issues that made them not really accessible for a lot of people, including the price, which was ridiculous. Mm -hmm. But uh, I mean, if Google buys them, Google did buy them, sorry. If Google does something good with them, amazing. That'd be incredible. But I, I wouldn't get your hopes up with Google because we know what Google does. They yep. buy things, they play around with it, and then they throw it away when they get bored with it. So it would be a shame to see like a little Canadian company that had a really cool, but like really cool concept just be forgotten for what they did. So I, I hope, hope not. Comes out of it. Yeah. I hope great. not. I think I think they were onto something with their glasses. And I actually uh, we got Juan Bagnell here in the chat, and I Welcome. actually watched this. I watched this video he did on the Focus by North, and it was an excellent video as usual by Juan. But damn, one of the few people who actually got the pair. I mean, I yeah. was supposed to get a set, but oh. now they closed. <laughs> oh, you were gonna get a pair? Oh, man. yeah. The the one issue with them, and this is the biggest issue with Focals, in my opinion, was that you have to get them fitted to your face. Right. Like in some facial like faces a lot of faces don't actually support the focals like mm. if your face is a certain shape or something they just don't work so like that was a big deal for me i'm like what <laughs> so like they only shipped like a couple hundred probably at that point because i know a lot of people are just in the waiting room just waiting to to see if it would work for them so 
I hope Apple or Google can figure out the whole fitting thing because that was a problem. It was like a little, a little prism or something that reflected onto your eye. So it had to be the exact, exact position. Otherwise right. it just didn't work. So I don't know. We'll have to, we'll have to see, but I think glasses could be the real next frontier, I guess is the right, uh, the right term. Yeah, I agree with you. I think especially glasses and watches and more wearable technology, that is definitely the future. Um, and the future is coming faster than we think, man. The future is pretty much right around the corner. So be oh, yeah. on the lookout for real. As he wants it, that's the issue with a fake computer. The more organic you make the setup, the more customization you need to fit it to an individual. That's right yeah. on. Exactly. Yep. And on that note, Knoofy, man, excellent conversation, man. Thank you for joining me tonight. I appreciate you. Thank you for having me. I mean, it was a great chat. It was. It's an honor to be actually on this show. You got some pretty high-profile guests. It's just, you know, being on this show with your track record, that's incredible. And uh, keep up the incredible work. I can't wait to see who you, who you have on next. Um, who do you want to have on next? Who's, like, your dream guest that you want to have on? Um, so you said as far as, like, dream guests, I'm trying to get Flossie Carter on here. Uh, we'd love okay, to talk to him one-on-one. Yeah, he's, he's amazing. That'd be, that would be the dream to have him on for sure. Yeah, definitely. And uh, maybe get Casey Knight on here one day. So, but yeah, right now I'm trying to get Flossie Card on here, and uh, that's an ongoing thing. So we'll see what happens with that. Don't know. <laughs> yeah, that'd be sweet. But man, I mean, you're pretty high profile yourself, man. You are the, the CEO of Tech YouTube, man. You're doing big things over there. I see you, man. I really appreciate that. That's quite the high praise. Uh, I would disagree with that statement, but uh, you don't have to agree. I agree. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you for all the kind words. It's been a, it's been a real honor to be on here. No doubt, man. I appreciate you. Thank you. Shout out to those of y'all that listened this week on audio only. Thank you for listening to another episode of Bike Drive with me and Kanufi. Appreciate you guys rocking out each and every week on the podcast. If you want to go check out Kanufi. His link, his information will be in the show notes, so definitely go down there and check him out. He is legit. Also, if you want to donate or support the podcast, those links will also be in the show notes. Not required, but anything that you're willing to do, greatly appreciate it. I appreciate you guys rocking out each and every week on the audio side of things. If you happen to be listening to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, uh, please consider leaving a rating or review as it helps more people discover the show. Trying to get the show back to the top 200 of tech podcasts over there on Apple Podcasts, so please consider leaving that rating or review if you happen to be listening to Vibe Drive on Apple Podcast. But until the next time, people, this your boy Viper, the man about tech. You know where to find me. So come back for more.